2: This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about
0: the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Live has a new home, a data set for the PGA Tour Netflix show. How cold is too cold to play golf? And where does your putter go in your golf bag? Nick, did I miss anything or is that the rundown for today?
2: That's This is an action-packed episode.
0: We got a lot, a rare midday recording session, so we're all firing on all cylinders. I got a lot of coffee over here, Nick. How How's your caffeination level at the moment?
2: It's it's 11 out of 10. I, you know, I, I got to the <laughs> point where I had, had one too many cups of coffee. I'm a little jittery. Uh, I'm trying to reel it back a little bit, but it's like, you know, it's like after you have too many beers, like you can't just just like drink water and it goes away. Like time is the only thing that heals it. So we'll we'll, we'll push through.
0: I love it. We'll see how you decaffeinate throughout this podcast. Let's start here. I always do it. I have to, you know, it's coming. Please rate and review the podcast. It's so important that you do. It moves us up rankings. I don't really understand it. You don't really understand it. Nick, I think understands it more than most of us, but Nick, we also have this hot Piper golf contest where someone can win a box of Piper golf balls. What do they have to do in a new review to have a chance?
2: Tell us how many cuts Tiger Woods will make in 2023. Uh, that's it. That's all you got to do. You significantly decrease your chances of winning if if your answer is more than 4.1 or higher. Um, anything over four, sure, you're still entered technically, but good luck. I would highly suggest something something zero through four uh, to increase your chances of winning. But just tell us how many cuts Tiger Woods will make in 2023, and you'll be entered to win.
0: This is this is Nick's contest. He's going to pick the winner, so I I would listen
2: to what he says. Um,
0: Fun, fun. I'm going to stack
2: it like the NBA lottery. So, like if 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 you're in the lottery, right? You've got like if you're zero through four, a reasonable number to expect cuts to be made. Like you've got like ten balls in the lottery, and like for every cut made, you predict. Over four, like, I'm going to cut that in half. Like, if you predict five, you're going to have five balls in the lottery. If you predict six, you're going to have two balls in the lottery. (laughs) Seven, you get one. And after that, like, sure, we'll put you in there. Sure, we totally will. But good luck. Yeah.
0: Quick update on the At The Turn Survivor Pool. A third of the field already gone after one week, including yours truly. I picked the tournament favorite, Tom Kim. He didn't even sniff the cut. Uh, people who did not pick anybody did move on. Corey Connors was assigned to, I think, six people. He finished T twelve, and the deadline has passed. Nick, have you checked who the automatic pick is for this week? This is this is going to be my sweat from now on because I'm not actually in this pool anymore. Hang on, I'm just going to check to see. I think it
2: should right. be locked at this point. Who did you? Yeah, it's locked. Who did you pick, Nick? I picked John Rom. I did not see who the auto pick is. Uh I, I I we just need the auto pick to to miss the cut to get all those to get all those slackers out of here. It's Sung JM. Um, okay. Sung J just have an off week. Uh get the people who who did not prioritize making their picks out of the pool. Um you know like you said a third of the field missed the cut uh last week that, that's a pretty high number. Uh, I was pretty surprised to see that Sony is a little bit tough to pick because it's it's not like a powerhouse field. My philosophy on this is like don't save, don't save your your ace for game seven, okay? Because it's it's only game three, and if we don't win game three and game four and game five and game six, we do not have to worry about game seven. So I'm just gonna ride the top dogs. There's no getting clever. There's no overthinking it. I'm just gonna, gonna ride the big guns, and then you know if it gets down to it and like i got to take, I don't know, Will Zalatoris or, like, Joel Damon or somebody, like, for the U.S. Open or, or something in, like, late June. Like, I I will live and die with with one pick at the end of the year. I'm just trying to get to each – it's a survivor pool, okay? It's a survivor pool. You just got to survive. Late June? You think you're going to make it to late June? We're, We're not going to get out of, gonna go. yeah, nope. out
0: of February. We're not getting out of February. There's no way this thing lasts beyond February, let me tell you. Because as someone who picked the tournament favorite <laughs> – The last tournament, let me tell you, look, you have John Rahm. He's not going to miss the cut. By the time this is dropped, he would have either made or missed the cut. We're recording this on Thursday as the American Express just kicks off. But you're right, because this is one of those elevated events, a lot of thoroughbreds. So the chances are a lot of people will advance if Sung jae advances. Those dipshits who have not made a pick yet will advance to the third week. No resentment. Again, this is a winner-take-all pool. Good luck to everybody. By the way, this is probably an off-pod conversation, but I'm circling the wagons for an idea for the majors. I almost think we forego our standard pick process, and I was thinking about doing, like, a six- or eight-person draft as an episode, and we all draft a foursome for all four majors and we use mm. the total money they win, cumulative, mm. to decide who wins. Sounds kind of fun, doesn't it? I love that. I love that. Okay. We'll we'll keep brainstorming on it, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. Also, Romy, if you're listening, Romy has neither paid me or picked a person yet, Romy. I'm going to send you a text soon, buddy. You have until Tuesday.
2: Yeah, I, I just got to tell this real quick story. One time, mm-hmm. I was in a fantasy football league run by uh, our friend Johnny Ballgame. Okay, this is a long time ago. Johnny ball game. Johnny ball game. And everybody was supposed to pay $25. This is back when $25 I was in college. I was a lot of money. Uh you know, you get you get 12 people paying 25 bucks. It's a nice little pool there. Um he let everybody sign up, do the draft. Hey, pay me when you get it. Nobody paid a dime. Not a single person paid their entry fee. I won the thing. And it's just like, well, nobody's paying now, Nick. The league's over. So uh, you know, good job. You won your bragging rights. Um, that is all to say, pay Joe, even if you're already out, do the right thing and pay Joe. Most people have,
0: most people have paid. I think the people who haven't paid are also the people who haven't picked yet because for some reason they haven't checked their emails at all. They haven't gotten any of the reminder emails or the, Hey, you should pay for these emails. So they'll get texts. Most people have been very good about this. So thank you. And, you know, maybe we'll open up the major thing to the public, too, because that sounds like a lot of fun. And I need something else to do because now I'm out. Check mm-hmm. out my terrible picks on the Instagram, the power fade. I'm over the season so far. Hopefully that turns around. Anyway, Nick, that's enough administrative stuff. Yes. Let's get to Live Golf, the home of Gilmore Girls, Gossip Girl. And Jane the Virgin is now the home of Live Golf, YA drama. And live golf are now what comprise the CW. Please, your thoughts on this TV deal that is now official?
2: Well, it's it's clear they just wanted a TV deal um, at all costs. I mean, it's like it's like when you don't have a prom date and like going alone is it is a totally. Reasonable thing to do. If you want to go, there's no, there's no shame in go and go, go with alone, your friends. Go with your friends, bro. Out. You can still have a fun time. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing embarrassing with it. But you've decided I must have a date. You've you've put yourself into this tiny box. All the good dates are taken, or you are just kind of the smelly kid, and they just don't want to be seen with you. And so, rather than take a clue, you just keep going down the list and going down the list and going down the list until you land on um you know somebody who would be a very surprising partner for that prom date uh to, to put it very politely since it is just a just a Thursday afternoon um it's I don't know why they were so dead set on on getting a TV deal clearly they were um so they went all in on getting any kind of deal they could and this seems like it was the only deal they could get
0: I feel like Norman or perhaps it's the Saudi group feels that a TV deal with a network connotes a certain legitimacy which I can sort of understand. To back it up a little bit, major networks showed little to no interest when Live was debuting and doing their thing and we all realized this was actually going to be an entity that exists. Um but no one bit. And there was even a point where it was talked about that live would actually buy time on a network. And so for live to actually get a deal with someone like a CW, which is a network, but is not a prestigious one. It's not NBC or Fox or anything like that. It's kind of the lowest they could possibly get while still having it qualify as a network. Uh, I think they think it's a big deal. I kind of agree with them considering where they were. Um, It's easy to make jokes about it. And in terms of the log lines from Norman and the Saudi group and CW, the idea is, oh, we're going to get this in front of so many people. Well, the great Kyle Porter had a wonderful tweet. The CBS sports writer, he says, the CW is in 122 million homes and its app has been downloaded 90 million times. YouTube where Live was last season, has 2.6 billion monthly active users. So the idea that this is going to be put in, one of, in front of more people is a bit of a misnomer. I mean, technically, you're going to be on TV, so that could be easier, but it's not like more and more people are subscribing to cable, right? It's moving the other direction. People are shifting more to YouTube. So I get their mindset behind it, but it's a bit of a false flag for me.
2: Yeah, um, I I don't think that like 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 you're you're gonna reach new audiences necessarily. Like if you want to watch live, you're gonna watch it whether it's on CW or ESPN or or YouTube. And if you don't want to watch it, you're not gonna watch it even if it's on YouTube. So I don't I I agree that like the exposure or being in front of of how many people like that that's irrelevant in 2023. It does not matter. If you want to watch it, you're gonna find it. If you don't want to watch it, you're not gonna find it not too many people are gonna be like going through their, their top five channels and flipping from like HGTV to Food Network to CW and then stop on Live and be like, ooh, what's this? I should become a golf fan. Um that's that's not gonna happen. So like reaching new viewers probably is is highly unlikely. I think like I said, if you wanted to watch Live, you you went to YouTube and, and now you go to CW. And if you didn't, you won't. Like I, I don't really think anything changes.
0: I think the only thing that changes is the 15 year old girl who watches Riverdale at 3.30 p.m. every day in syndication on the CW, and when she flips it on on Friday, she's pissed off because she's not getting her dose of YA drama. She has to watch the drama of Phil Mickelson trying to turn this bogey into a birdie, and that's not what she's interested in. Greg Norman had some silly quote about, oh, well, we're trying to reach a younger demographic (laughs) with live golf. It's like, bro, that's all well and good, and, and, and maybe you are. But going on the CW and interrupting Gilmore Girls or this One Tree Hill rerun is just going (laughs) to piss those people off. It's not like there's an overlap of people craving more golf content and wanting to watch Supernatural. I think I'm officially out of CW shows that I could reference for this bit. But don't you think? Like, yeah. this isn't going to bring new people in because they're just randomly on the CW. First of all, young people don't flip through cable like exactly. we do. We're like the last generation that that. I does don't that.
2: either. I don't either. It's so funny. I'll go to my in-law's house, and they'll hand me the remote and pull up the guide and be like, Nick, find whatever you want to watch. And I'm like, well, I, do, do you have Roku or Apple TV? Because I have no <laughs> idea what I'm doing with this. Um, so, no. I. Yeah. It's. It, it's, it's whatever. I mean, I, I, yeah, I have to imagine this is the first time live sports we broadcast on the CW. So maybe from the network standpoint that it's a growth for them, but I, I do not imagine they're pursuing more live sports after this. Like what's, what is the CW's long-term gain from this? Like maybe, maybe people like us have some nostalgia when we see commercials for the OC and we're like, Oh, I should, I go, I go watch that again. Um, That honestly is probably, that's a great point, Nick.
0: It's probably the inverse, right? CW might get more viewers on their other programming that are sticking around for golf because it's older millennials like me that have a nostalgia for these shows that were on when we were younger. That's, I didn't think about that, but that's a great angle. That must be it. (laughs) Well, Liv is sticking with the same broadcast crew they had last year, and the second season begins February 24th. Nick, let's shift to the PGA Tour. Where are you on the excitement scale for full swing one to 10? How excited are you to watch full swing on Netflix
2: for the second time today, Joe? It's an 11 out of 10 for me. Um, I have you watched any of drive to survive the the F1 version of this?
0: No, I've I've never gotten into it. It's wildly popular. It basically, for folks that are unfamiliar, Drive to Survive was the F1 show that debuted in 2019, really picked up steam during the pandemic when there wasn't a lot of live sports on television. And as a result, created this huge subculture of Formula One fans in the United States. And the hope is that this will, they actually, there's a there's a tennis version of this on right now called Breakpoint. The golf version of it is called, full swing. It's coming out February 15th and it chronicles the 2022 season when the fracture of the PGA tour happened and people broke off to live. Ian Poulter and Brooks Kepka are two of the main figures that are chronicled in this documentary, but no, Nick, I didn't watch any Drive to survive. Have you, did you, did you so take that I, at all?
2: I, I had no interest in drive to survive. I thought, you know, I, I don't care about racing. Like I, I don't have time in my life for more like wasted time. One day I flipped it on, checked it out with Ashley and damn, like it's, it's like, oh my God, is Max Verstappen really going to change teams? Like that would be so crazy. I'm like 45 minutes into this, into this thing that I have no context in at all. And it's like, sucks you in. So the idea that number one, um, we're going to go behind the scenes with some like pretty cool golf stuff is going to be, I think, very exciting. It's the same people that's doing it. They definitely are, are excellent storytellers they're going to find some really cool angles they're going to that are going to have you really intrigued um and it, it for sure will put golf in front of a bigger audience in front of more people it will gain it will grow interest in golf we may see you know and more interest in our podcast and other golf things we do on social media anything we do with golf for better or for worse. Hey, maybe the course is a little more crowded. Um, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll live with that. But I, it will just based on what it did for F1, like something that was was dead, especially in this country, to to like people following it and it's gained so much popularity. Um I imagine even a fraction of that for golf would be a really good thing. And what I like, what I'm excited for is, is like you said it's not a PGA Tour documentary it is a professional golf documentary the one of the first things they did was get all the majors involved which are not controlled by the PGA tour those guys who went to live they're following them to presumably to live events to to like document the whole professional golf landscape and not the PGA tour specifically and not through a PGA tour lens i'm sure we'll get you know some some greg norman gems you know i'm sure we'll get a lot of a lot of really interesting stuff so uh yeah my excitement level is it's at 11 out of 10
0: my excitement level is that as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One, one kernel that came out of it is that Brooks Kepka at some points in the series is being shown in such peril with his swing and the state of his game that he can't focus on his wedding plans or his fiance. He is so distraught. The ultimate I don't give a shit guy is so broken up about the state of his golf game. He can't focus on the wedding with his wife his future wife. So it's,
2: just it's that, that's that little the most kernel. relatable Brooks Kepka has ever been. <laughs> it's like, exactly. I know we're trying to fit wedding, but I, I got, I, I can't stop pushing the ball 15 yards left. I can't, and I can't figure it out. I've, I've been working with Butch. What, what are we doing here? Um, it's, it's, it's so relatable. It's going to be. So, so do you have a plan for how
0: you're going to digest this? Because Netflix typically dumps everything all at once. So let's just say there's 10 episodes or there's eight episodes How are you going to try to digest this? Are you going to try to binge it and just suck it all in? Or are you going to try to space it out for yourself? Because I do want to talk about it on here, but I'm just curious about what your plan is. I think to do it all at once or like over a weekend would be a little bit overwhelming. So I don't know if you want to chunk it out together or what you think.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, it'll probably take me two weeks to to watch. If it's 10 episodes, let's assume it's 10 episodes. I'm good for like one or two a night, you know, three or four nights a week. It's, you know, well, there's not a lot of, of time between the kids go to bed and, and the parents go to bed. So sure. uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it'll probably take me two weeks if if we get Ashley bought in and, and she, you know, really wants to watch it too. I think two weeks is probably about right.
0: I think we can convince the wags on this. I, yeah. I, I just think the production of the show and um all of that would just be wonderful. By the way, the other day, this is, this is just popped into my head. There was a question on jeopardy and the answer was vj singh and it wasn't like an easy question it was like a 1600 hundred dollar question and lacy nailed a vj singh question i was like oh my god i have i have poisoned i have poisoned your brain over these many years with this golf knowledge that you now know so what, what was do you know what the question was it was something about a fijian golfer and she and she knew that vj singh was a fijian golfer it just made me maybe very happy he's yeah, like well, that's great you know it's great hasn't won a pj tour event in years good for you props So again, February 15th, the people behind drive to survive full swing. Nick and I will definitely talk about it to what degree the children will determine that. And I think that's (laughs) fine. This was an interesting one, Nick. I never thought about this before. Where does the putter go in your golf bag? Does it go with the wedges? Does it go with the driver in the woods? So I have an eight compartment bag. I have a big pocket up top. I have one, two, three, one, two, three, and then another big space on the bottom. So eight compartments. I have always put my putter with the driver. I've never even considered it with the wedges, mostly because I put the clubs that had head covers together before I lost the putter cover. They had head covers, so it made sense for me to put them all together. Now, have you always rocked a 14 compartment bag?
2: Never rocked a 14 compartment bag. I think they're okay. gaining more popularity now um, than they had like, you know, in the last five, 10 years. Um, I don't know why this is so complicated. First of all, I know it's like kind of going around on Twitter. Those bags have like a, a specific putter compartment. The one that's not shaped like any of the other ones is is your putter compartment. I put mine. I have, a, I think, a six or eight divider bag. Um my putter goes with the wedges and it it's, oh. it's been that way since before i knew how to organize a bag but it makes sense for me because I, i'm <laughs> i miss a lot of greens joe as we've documented very well on this show when i'm grabbing the wedges when i'm grabbing the putter usually i need to grab a couple wedges too mm-hmm. to to get the before i need that putter they they all go in one spot i got my pitching wedge my gap wedge on one side my my Sand wedge, my lob wedge, and the other part, the putter goes in either one of those. It doesn't matter. I just make one fell swoop, grab a couple wedges and a putter, all in, all in one grab, and uh, you know, four strokes later, I'm in the hole. I'm good to go.
0: You're at your six down and move on. So I should back up a little bit. This did go around on golf Twitter, and then uh, Jim Furyk, Mister 58 himself, chimed in that he has a theory on this. If you grew up in the north, the putter goes with the driver. In the south. It goes with the wedges, just something I noticed as a kid. Now, I'm going to defer to Jim because he has a lot more experience traveling this great nation than I do as a professional golfer and obviously someone who was on the junior circuit for a long time as well. I've not noticed a geographical difference in people's bags, where they come from, if it's something different. You have spent more time in more places in the United States than I have. I don't even know if this would occur to me to look in someone yeah. else's bag for something like that's, this, let alone notice a difference.
2: That's that is really, really next level by by Furyk. Um One of like the logic that I use it makes perfect sense. It's like what if if your bag is in a golf cart and we walk a lot, like. How many clubs are you trying to reach over, right? Because your, your putter, unless you're playing a long putter or like a belly putter, it's, it's one of your shorter clubs. So it makes sense that it goes with like your shorter wedges. Like you're, you're going to be reaching your putter over all your irons and stuff, or or no, you're just going to have it right there in the back of the bag. Um, it, I don't know. It, I've always kept it, like I said, in, in the front with, with my wedges. Um, you know, I, I just go, again, it's not complicated. Driver. Woods, long irons, short irons, wedges, putter. Uh, Well, yeah.
0: something something that I – I don't know if I talk about it a lot on this podcast, but I'm getting out of this habit, but I've lost a lot of clubs on golf courses just leaving them. And so I think part of the reason why the putter goes with the woods is because I have less woods than wedges. And so if the putter goes with the woods, it's shorter and it stands out more. So I'm going to be putting that back into the bag in a spot that is more visible. And so I feel comfortable that I haven't left it somewhere. Now, you may be asking yourself, Joe, how do you leave a putter? It's the last club you're using. It's a great question. It happened last 4th of July. I left it <laughs> next to a tree, and it was like a three-hole search, and, and <laughs> I hit a shot on it. Yeah. I hit a shot on a par three to like eight feet and I had this birdie putt. And I'm like, this is great. So it's going to get me back in the round. I was off to a really slow start. <laughs> I spent 20 minutes looking for my putter, and it was up against the tree because I hit a pit shot really, really well close to the hole where it was like literally tapping. So I just used my wedge to tap in. I'm pumped. I saved a bogey when I probably should have made a triple. Let's go hit my tee shot down on the par three, eight feet. 30 minutes later, I three putt <laughs> for, for, for bogey. And I was off on a terrible, terrible day of golf. But I think that's part of the reason why I do it. It's So I know that I didn't leave it somewhere.
2: Whatever works for you. And for all the listeners out there, do not overthink this. Whatever works for you. Yeah. If, if, you have a if system, somebody is going to critique that you put your clubs in your golf bag the wrong way, like just tell them to get a life.
0: I like that. That's the last word on that. Nick, it's the winter time. Um, we've had a remarkably mild winter so far here in the Pacific Northwest. I think you have sort of dealt with the same thing, right? Yeah,
2: here too. We've got a lot of more days in the forties and fifties than, than days with snow. And we're getting on the tail end of, you know, look, counting down the days to golf season.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped next weekend. Actually, I have a match, um, and it's out kind of towards the coast a little bit and it's usually colder out there. So it's time to discuss your threshold for playing a round of golf. How cold is too cold? Now, do you have a number in mind or is it sort of the overall conditions in terms of I'm not going out there today?
2: My number, I do have a number. It's it's Got pretty it. black and white. If it's going to touch 40 at any point during my round, it's warm enough to play. Ooh. Now, of course, there are other variables. If if it is pouring down rain, I'm not playing. If, if it's super windy, I, I'm not going to play. Um, if it's really wet, like maybe there was just a big snow melt or a big rainstorm yesterday, I'll take that into consideration. But generally speaking, I look at the weather. I'm looking for one thing. I'm looking for 40 or above on a weekend day or a day that I know I'm going to have a few hours to sneak away and play some golf.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. The, the caveat to the 40 rule, which I think is a good one, is if it's extremely humid, then I'll probably go out if it's going to be like 38 or 39. I'll give it a couple degrees here and yeah. there because it's going to keep it a little bit warmer. It won't be as bad. Um, in terms of rain versus wind, I would rather play in the rain than the wind. I find the wind, not when it's warm. When it's warm, the wind is fun, I think, like a Hawaiian wind or... If you get like a 95 degree day and the wind is whipping, like that's actually a lot of fun, a nice warm wind. But yeah, dude, if you get below 45 and the wind is like 15 <laughs> miles an hour, 20 miles an hour,
2: it's, that's a miserable experience. Yes, yes, it is. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And dressing for cold weather golf is really not that hard. Like no. I take my dogs for a walk in literally any temperature. Uh, it's like, what's the difference between this and playing golf? Really, other than, you know, the dog walk lasting 12 minutes and a round of golf lasting three and a half hours. Um, that's about the only difference. So, yeah, uh, it, if you just dress warmly enough and you know you're going to be out there moving around, it, you're probably not going to get too cold on the golf course unless you just go out there and like, you know, a pair of shorts and a quarter zip. Like, you know, you just just dress for the temperature and you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. One thing that I've started to do this winter in particular, but I started to do it towards the end of last golf season is instead of having the push cart in the winter, I've been carrying again because I found that that keeps me a little bit warmer and dealing with the bullshit of like goose poop and mud and grass on your push cart you got to clean that thing off and then you put it in the car then the car's dirty it's like Mm. just carrying the clubs especially if i'm on a flat course if it's hilly maybe that's a little bit different but in the winter i've really gotten to carrying once again it keeps me warm it keeps things a little bit cleaner too are you are you push cart no matter what
2: um i i mean i just default to the push cart i wouldn't think like strategically to not use it only time i don't use it is if Ashley wants to come play. Uh, you know, I, I let her use it. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's just I just roll with the push cart. But it's something to think about. I had never thought about that before.
0: Yeah, think about it. Give it a try. It was it was something that was. <clears throat>
2: It 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 wasn't born out of
0: strategy. Joe, it was Joe,
2: listeners. Joe had a peanut butter sandwich before this, as you can probably tell by listening to his voice. Uh, he he's he's hoarse. It's the, it's the peanut butter sandwich. Just disrespectful move to the pod. All you broadcasters out there know what a peanut butter sandwich can do to to a, a golfer or to a, to a broadcaster's voice. Uh, so just bear with him here. Sorry, Joe. Go ahead.
0: Nick's Nick's giving me shit because I told him before the podcast that one of my old radio partners used to give me shit because I used to eat peanut butter sandwiches before we went on the air for three hours. But he's not wrong. <laughs> the carrying the bag was born out of me forgetting my push cart. And I was like, well, shit, I got to carry. And then at the end of the round, I looked at my buddies and I'm like, you goofballs are covered in grass and goose poop. Look at me. I just throw the clubs in the trunk and I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to catch the second half of that football game. So now I've just sort of had it become a part of the routine, something to think about in terms of the worst conditions you've ever played in. Do you need a second to think about it? Cause I have one that comes to mind immediately. Yeah, go ahead. So it's at stone Creek golf club, my new home course, excited to be a member in 2023. Mm, Yeah. Good for you. One of my dear friends lived in Seattle at the time, drove down specifically to play golf. It was in the spring. It was April. And boy, did we catch a bad weekend. But he was down here to do it, so we said, let's give it a try. One of those days that when you're putting the sticks in the trunk, it's kind of drizzling, but you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Then you get on the highway, and the rain starts to come down a little bit harder. And then almost comically, as you approach the driveway to the golf course, it's the scene from Caddyshack with the priest. We both pull our clubs out of the out of the car, put our umbrellas up and we're sort of bracing the wind and the rain. Cause it's so, it's so bad. We don't even want to be out of the car for a second without an umbrella. And we just sort of give each other that look like, are we going to, are we going to do this? And neither of us said, no, it's like, all right, we're out here. Parking yeah. lot is empty besides us. Of course. Walk into the clubhouse and we're like, Hey, we're going to give it a go. And they're like, just come in for your rain check when you've had enough. It's like, all right, great. So we get up there and it's, you know, It's not cold, but it's so rainy and windy. You almost can't even like hold a club or keep like, it's, it's crazy. But I par the first hole. My buddy struggles. I birdie the second hole. My buddy's really struggling. And I think he probably doubled the first two holes. And I kind of knew that if on the third hole, he didn't hit a really good tee shot. (laughs) That was it. I step up. I hit a good tee shot. In my mind, I'm thinking like, let's, let's, let's have ourselves a number today. And he hooks his into the woods, and I knew before he even turned around, but he did and said, Joey, get out of here. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then we went to the local bar, and we drank. I'm sure had a great time. We got our rain checks that he's never used in his life that I'm sure he still has somewhere. Um, but that was, that was the absolute worst, where the course was empty. We still tried to give it a go, but we knew going into it that it probably wasn't going to last very long.
2: Would you have finished that round? I think I would have gone as long as the
0: wheels didn't come off. Like if I was hovering around par for like the front nine, I would have made the turn. If I was like, if I, if I made a 10 at a certain point, because you know, I couldn't hold the club and there's just puddles everywhere. Then it's like, well, this is stupid. But if I kept it around par, I, it's such an easy justification to keep going. Right. Cause right. you're playing well.
2: Yeah. It's much more fun when you're playing well. It's so funny that that's like, the the acceptable answer is like if you're playing well it's fine and when, when as soon as you're not playing well it's so obviously stupid to be out there that you just instantly leave and like yeah. the, the only difference in this scenario is like something completely not dictated by the weather it's just dictated by like are you playing well then this weather is totally fine of course i'm going to keep playing i'm under par what are you talking about and like like you said the second the second your play deteriorates it's like why the hell would i be out here what is the point of this? But it makes perfect sense. If you're playing 30 to 40 rounds a year, like why do you need to be out there in this yeah. dog shit weather when you, you can don't. be somewhere comfortable and come back in four days and it's going to be perfect? Especially now
0: in 2023 when we have so many other options in terms of satiating that golf fix. You go to the range, you go to Top Golf. you hit up a simulator, you do mini golf, you watch golf, you play a golf video game or just do something not golf related because you can golf six months out of the year.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Nick, worst oh, conditions yeah. you ever played in. Does yeah. something come to mind no, for you?
2: It absolutely does. Um, and it's it's the same thing. It's rain, it's it's not weather it's not temperature. Um, like I said, temperature is manageable if everything else is fine. One day I got caught in a monsoon at all golf course in oh, Hawaii, yeah, right off Waikiki. And I was like, I think I was on the 14th or 15th hole. And everybody just vacated the course. It was just like it was like standing in the shower. It was just like hard. If you've ever been in Hawaii and like just like a hard downpour, it's just like you know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: And if I could pause my- you right there, I'm so sorry. Something just came to mind. Lacey and I were at an outdoor restaurant in Hawaii a couple years ago in Waikiki. And we have one of those downpours and everyone ducked for cover. And I took a picture of these three guys because they were sitting there in the downpour eating large pieces of cake (laughs) as if nothing was going on around them. And I made Lacey put a reminder in her phone that comes up once a year and has every year since that just says three Kings eating cake. (laughs) And we going to talk about it because it's such a good memory. I'm sorry, please. So
2: good. No, it's perfect. I was those three Kings because Everybody leaves. And my instinct was, was to leave the guys I was playing with left. And then I was like, wait a second. I'm, I'm, after three seconds of being in this rain, you're, you're, you're soaked. It's, it's like you went in the shower with your clothes on. Like there you can't take on any more water. Okay. I'm like, all right, now there's nobody ahead of me on this golf course that five <laughs> minutes ago was packed and you're waiting on every shot. Now it's nothing but just fairways and greens with not another soul on the course. And I'm like, all right, guys. Have a good rest of your day. I think I'm going to finish my round. And I finished my round and it was, it was totally worth it because I didn't have to wait on anybody. I wasn't getting any wetter. I was, like I said, I was already completely saturated in water. There was no point in, in going to take cover. Uh, So I finished my round, uh, you know, toweled off at the end and it was, it made no difference. And you said you were on hole 15 at the time? Yeah, 14 or 15. So I I think I had like, I think I had three and a half holes left. I was probably there for another 25 minutes.
0: I I love the justification of this is the wettest I could possibly. If I jumped in the ocean, I'd be in the same state that I'm in right now. Exactly. So let's just let's just
2: go. And it probably took you 20 minutes to play those three holes. And it was warm. It's not like it was cold. Yeah. You know, it's, it was it was like it was just no big deal. It was just like comical. Like you could enjoy this experience of being out in the rain because it was such a unique like situation to be in. That was like why would I run from this when like I can be talking about it on a podcast five years later. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Embrace the madness. I think, I think the only time that I would not want to play golf in terms of if the temperature was above 40 and it wasn't rainy or windy is if the golf course was actually frozen, which I've experienced a couple of times because the ball bounces like a trampoline Mm. off of the green. It's like a version of golf, but not really. And it can be ultimately frustrating. I had a match about a month ago that I played in these conditions and fortunately for me, it really shook my opponent and he just, could knock it out of his own head about it. Instead of just hitting it short and letting it bounce up, he would just land it pin high and it would bounce 20 yards over and said, Oh my God, not again. And it's like, <laughs> this is whole seven. You should have adjusted by now. So it worked out for me, but um, yeah. that was a bit of a tricky circumstance on the golf course. Um, but yeah, I think we're in agreement, right? Kind of that 40 degree threshold, not a ton of rain wind. If it's cold, that may be the deal breaker, especially yes. this time of year.
2: Yes, for sure.
0: I love it. Nick, I think it's time. I think it's time for a Mad Golf of the Week. Are you ready? Yeah. It's brought to you by Piper Golf, tour quality golf balls at amateur prices. Golf Monthly says the Piper Black might be the best golf ball you've never heard of and the best value in its category. Stock up for the season we have a promo code to make it even easier turn 10 at checkout i recommend for most of the listeners the piper blue it's for handicaps between 5 and 15 you're shooting in the 80s or the 90s you can get four boxes using our promo code for around 100 bucks get ready for the springtime nick we go to san diego Mm. tory pines this is where the pga tour is this week And we got a mad golfer of the week. Quote, absolutely the worst condition of any fairway ever. Any fairway ever. That is a very broad statement.
2: Even even the ones he's seen or hasn't seen. Not any fairway today. Any fairway ever since golf was invented in the 1600s.
0: That's right. Old Tom Morris had better conditions than this. (laughs) Eight golfers came from out of state to play. $215 $215 green fee plus $45 cart fee plus $45 booking fee each. Not to mention travel expenses,
2: $400 plus and $28 burgers. Okay. Why are you blame? Why are you mentioning the cost you spent to get to the golf I know, course? I know in your review of the golf course.
0: It's not their fault that you don't live in La Jolla, California. <laughs> All right. Back to the mad golfer quote. This was all to go play the famous Torrey Pines. We were told that they would be overseeding the week after we were there. We were not told they would let the fairway grass die and rip it to shreds before and while we were there. They actually had big machines stirring up tremendous dust clouds while we were playing. I I love this
2: this visual of of like (laughs) this group playing one (laughs) hole behind these machines as they're only playing on... Potentially, literally the worst condition of any fairway
0: ever. I am just imagining B-roll of farmers, just these huge combines and reapers just ripping up the fairways right in front of them. Yes. (laughs) Get out of the way! Back to the mad golfer. The golf ball had nowhere to sit in the fairway besides in a hole that used to have grass. Unreal how much they think they should charge to play under these conditions impossible to find anyone who admits to being the manager. <laughs> I'm going to pause there. I love the idea of them going in. Where's the manager? I'm not the manager. Mm. I, I don't even know who the manager uh, is. I don't even work here. Do you know who the manager is? No, I don't know. I don't no. <laughs> Just no, no one knows who it is. Back to the mad golfer. Multiple phone calls and emails resulted in the reservation service and the city not taking responsibility and telling me to call the golf course who never answers the phone. What a joke. I will never come back to play this horrible place again. Can't believe the pros can tolerate it. Even the restrooms on this course were filthy and horrible. Now, for some context, this is where they play a PGA Tour event every year and the site of perhaps Tiger Woods' most famous victory outside of the 1997 Masters, to 2008 U.S. Open that he won on a broken leg. Um, so, yeah, I think they tolerate it. But I love the kicker of the city won't do a damn thing about it, and the bathrooms, in addition to everything else, are disgusting, which I find that very hard to believe. What does disgusting actually mean? Is there shit on the floor?
2: I don't think there I, is. I, I, I can't get past I, – I love this. this – visualization of the municipal move of the city telling you to call the golf course and give you a number that like is not manned And it just literally never gets answered. Like that sounds like a scene from a sitcom, like a family guy or something where you're just like calling this phone with it. It's locked in a room and nobody has the key. uh, And that's the the city. city. Yes, exactly. I I absolutely love that. I, I hope that is, is the only true part of this review.
0: And that is your mad golfer of the week. Well, there's only one thing left to do. And unfortunately, it does not play a theme song for Mm. Nick Rolls. Brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Turn 20 at checkout is now 20% off anything at any time. Not just your first order. So go get a pile of stuff. Go get the ferals that Dane Delgado and Matchstick Golf now have available. Nick?
2: Okay, Joe. I am going to stray from my trend of of having our our nick rules relate to something we were talking about or relate to something that happened on the PGA tour this is this is nickrules.org it's informational i'm putting oh. the information out there okay it's 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 general it's for everybody um and
0: you should get on that domain by the way nickrules.org that would be <laughs> yeah, awesome
2: i should that would be that would be good i'll actually look into that next time i yeah. can't sleep um which will be about 8 years from now um, <laughs> Okay, playing from the wrong green. Do you know you're not allowed to play from the wrong green? I'm not allowed to? You are not allowed to. You do I did not, not have the that. choice. No. You must take free relief from the wrong green. Uh, you must not play the ball as it lies. Instead, you must take the free relief by dropping the original ball or another ball in the relief area. Uh, so this is rule 13.1 F. Um. Basically, it's 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 that simple. If your ball is on the wrong green, which which if you've ever played Hemlock Ridge on hole number nine, if you just push it a little bit, if you're a lefty, you're going to end up on the fourth green there. Um, you know, hopefully you've yelled four, and the group putting isn't trying to stare you down and attack you with their golf clubs. Um, you you just simply take your ball, define your relief area, and take your relief no closer to the hole. Drop it back into the general area and and play on
0: yeah this is this is definitely a thing out at uh, Glendivere 10 west is a short par four and if you fade it a little bit and get some mustard on it you're going to land on the eighth green of the east golf course and word to the wise it's not a bad angle over there you're kind of away from the trees you may be in a bunker but if you hit it in the right spot on the green you're going to pull that baby back and you got a 40 yard little pitch up and down for birdie don't miss left miss right Ten West, Glendevere That's my tip. But I didn't realize it was actually illegal. I just thought you were being an asshole if you get yes. off the green. General penalty. So a general penalty two-stroke is 2 stroke penalty. It, it's a two-stroke, two-stroke penalty. Yes. Wow. That's see, I this is some general information. I will say most of these. I feel like I have a pretty decent handle about how they would go. If you would have asked me if this was a penalty to play off a of green, I would have said no, and I would have shot. You know, in '86 instead of in '84. So there you go. Now you know. I, I really appreciate that, and that is Nick Rules. Are you going to Orlando
2: this week? Ah, uh, yes.
0: Are we any closer to circling the wagons with our old pal Justin Smoot? This, I don't want to put pressure on you and Smoot, but this would probably be the reason that we create a Patreon is the conversation you would have with Smoot in Orlando that would then go on the Patreon. That would be worth paying a dollar or two for, folks.
2: Yeah, so I I did talk to Smoot um, about a week or two ago, and he was totally considering um, figuring out if he was going to be going to Orlando, and he was for sure going to let me know. And uh, I take that to mean I will be getting a phone call from Smoot approximately 90 minutes before he arrives in Orlando, if, in fact, he does make it um and if not i'll probably talk to him before the next corner club open i mean oh is smoot gonna come to the corner club open uh, probably not but he'll probably you know send send his regards you know wish us, wish us luck and all that good stuff
0: i love it i want an inspirational video message from smoot the morning of the tournament yes i have to imagine key west to orlando is not an easy journey i'm sure it's not easy but it would t- totally worth it it is the same state yeah Anyway, it's so good to have people like Smoot in your life. Just a person who because they're such a fun dude and so charming, you could never be mad at them for like not responding or anything. It's like, "Well, that's Are you really going to get mad at Smoot? Like if, of course you're not. No. It's exactly. just Smoot." Yeah. yeah. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Reminder, go to piper.golf, use that promo code turn10 at checkout. Stay tuned. There may be a Patreon coming soon for at the turn. I have some ideas rattling around. We have a few really fun interviews already in the can. Big stuff coming for this podcast in the next few months. Nick, I hope you get to go out and play some golf soon.
2: Ah, yeah, I think I will.
0: I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next
2: time at The Turn.